Welcome to Starkey Soundbites. I'm your host, Dave Fabry, Starkey's Chief Innovation Officer. And uh, it's my great pleasure this month to have Dr. Grace Sturdivant with us um, during October, which is a topic near and dear to my heart, Protect Your Hearing Month and also Audiology Awareness Month. So in my case, long before I was interested in becoming an audiologist, I grew up wanting to be a veterinarian, but long before I ever even thought audiology was going to become my career, I was a drummer and I was a motorcyclist and I had a lawnmower business part-time and um, I abused the heck out of my ears. And like many kids, kind of, you kind of thought that it was bulletproof. The hearing was bulletproof and took it for granted until, uh, and I even remember playing on the cymbals until my ears rang, thinking that that was pretty cool. Now they won't stop ringing. So, um, you know, I'm delighted to have you on the, the podcast today to talk a little bit about your expertise as an audiologist and your focus in your practice and your business on uh, hearing preservation. And really, you know, it would seem counterintuitive for a, a, a manufacturer of hearing instruments to want to focus someone who's trying to prevent hearing loss uh, on this podcast. But um, as we all know way too well, um, uh, there, there's plenty of business for us all. And if we can prevent hearing loss that is unintended from occupational or non-occupational means, that's a good thing. So, so Grace, you know, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Hey, thank you so much. I'm really honored. I was thrilled when I received the invitation. I've listened to the podcast and I was fascinated when I learned a few episodes ago about your history as your with your aspirations of being a veterinarian. Um, so you're doing a great job with this and I'm honored to be included. Well, and I'm excited to talk about hearing protection. Well, let's let's begin though, before the hearing protection. Uh, again, Audiology Awareness, Awareness Month is October. Tell me about your life as an audiologist. What's your origin story? Why, why did you uh, wanna become somebody who would focus on hearing and balance and preventing hearing loss as a career? Sure. Well, you know, to I'll, I'll keep this very brief. I'll give you the Cliff Notes version. Okay. But I grew up, I'm, I live in Mississippi. I grew up in a little town called Grenada, Mississippi, mm -hmm. and grew up in a, in a family of, uh, my dad is an avid outdoorsman mm -hmm. and a big hunter. And mm -hmm. so grew up around, around guns and shooting and riding four-wheelers or ATVs, I think mm -hmm. as the rest of the world calls them. Um, lots of noise, like most of us did, with no really acknowledgement toward hearing protection. Um, Fast forward, I was in college trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I've always been trained in music and loved music. So I studied music for a while, uh, studied biology for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I, I was watching my mother, who's a speech language pathologist, and thought oh. maybe that's what I'd want to do. Okay. And during those classes, I watched a documentary of a child receiving a cochlear implant. Yeah. And it clicked. Yeah. And I thought, this is this is what it's going to be for me, is helping people to hear and connect with the world through their ears. So um, went to Vanderbilt, got my doctorate, had plans on um, having a specialized practice for musicians in the music industry. Uh, but my love life had other plans. I fell <laughs> in love with a boy that's also from Mississippi, and we moved back here. Uh, then I joined the faculty at the University of Mississippi Medical Center and was vice chief of audiology at that department for a little while. And my clinical niche grew into the area of adults who had hearing loss in some form of dementia. And I was seeing firsthand in clinic uh, what I was reading about that was coming out of University of Colorado and Johns Hopkins at the time mm -hmm. and started diving into that topic and wrote a little bit, spoke a little bit about it. 
ended up on the Achieve study where we were a data data collection site, yeah. Franklin's Achieve study. I was becoming compelled to help my friends and family that that you know I grew up in this world of all this noise yeah. with with no thought for hearing protection and so I started telling them I started doing the research about what products are available what features are available and I said all you've got to do is make an appointment to come see me in clinic and they wouldn't do it they were not going to take time out of their schedule mm. so I started a little LLC and packed up my little bag and started going to friends houses after work oh, that's their awesome years. Through house calls, product. house calls, yes. House calls, old school house calls. Yeah. And um, had no idea how well received that service delivery model was going to be. You know, that's really and so interesting. That is how, yeah. You know, it's, I, I'm sure you're wondering how is this all going to tie back together, starting with, well, I grew up on, born on a cold night in Grenada, Mississippi. But <laughs> Raised by it wolves. All, yes. <laughs> it's all come full circle now. Yeah. And I, firmly believe that my focus in hearing protection is this this center of the Venn diagram of yeah. my life experiences, yeah. my training and education, and then this area I'm so passionate about. It's all it it's all coming together right there in the middle of that that Venn diagram. And for that I'm very, very grateful. Yeah. And I mean what a gift to be able to have that compendium of experiences that prepared you for exactly what you want to be doing, where you're, where you are, and and right now at this point, when we're seeing more awareness for the importance of protecting your hearing, as well as raising awareness for the importance of doing something if and when you do have a hearing loss at any age in life. And so, I mean, your background indeed seems like it's perfectly suited for doing what you do, and few people can actually say that they manage to unify what they love to do with what they're good at. And that, in essence, is the definition, as far as I'm concerned, of finding your passion. And it's clear you have. I, 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 I agree with you. Um, one point that you said in the introduction that I thought was, was very on point is it may be counterintuitive to think that hearing protection can help your hearing aid practice. Yeah. And I would say that is one thing that I vastly underestimated mm. as I was getting into this little niche of hearing protection, which is, by the way, not such a little niche no. after all. Yeah. And the, what's happening and what I'm seeing happen now on an international level is people are being funneled into these hearing aid clinics to get their ear mold impressions made for what they perceive as a consumer electronic product, mm -hmm. not a medical device. Mm -hmm. And that's an important shift. Mm -hmm. So. They go in to see this audiologist locally, get their ears molded, and they say, well, you know, I might as well get my hearing tested. Mm -hmm. They're getting diagnosed earlier, right? and they're getting hearing aids earlier. You know, this what's the statistic? Seven to 10 years from yeah. the time you notice a hearing problem to when you do something about it. Yep. By focusing on hearing protection and, and angling it as a consumer electronic hearing enhancement and protection product line that is just a cool gadget, another essential piece of gear in your kit, whether you're a musician or a hunter or a whatever. That shift in perspective is getting people in the doors of good hearing aid clinics and getting them diagnosed and treated far earlier. It will change that statistic. Well, it's a qualified lead. If you, I mean, it, it's a right. lead generation mechanism to get those patients, potential patients in younger under the guise of indeed preventing hearing loss, but it's very likely, like me, 
they've already had some damage done before they, there's still a gap from the moment mm -hmm. that they uh, were exposed through occupational or non-occupational noise and mm -hmm. they were alerted to the need to protect their hearing. And so mm -hmm. that that is, I couldn't agree more with you about the, the fact that this really fills out uh, your entire uh, uh, scope of practice, beginning right. with awareness of hearing loss and with an effort to then shorten that time between uh, um, you know, acknowledgement that they have a hearing loss and acceptance that they need to do something about it. And, mm -hmm. it, and it's almost like I'll show, I'll have my okay boomer moment for the day. Um, <laughs> there was um, this uh, commercial that I had when I was growing up where it was Palmolive Liquid, where two people, uh, they're, they're, one woman's getting her nails done, the other woman's doing it, and they're talking about dishwashing liquid, which is ridiculous. You know, two women, of course, <laughs> that's what they're going to want to talk about in the beauty parlor. Right. But, but the one woman is uh, talking about how mild it is on her hands, and the other one who's ha uh, soaking, getting her nails done, says, oh, I'll have to try it. And she says, well, you're already soaking in it. And with regards to hearing protection and a device mm -hmm. that can now um, provide multiple functions, and we're going to dive into that in a moment, Mm -hmm. um, you're, you can already be soaking in it and, and diffusing that stigma with the use and the words hearing aids by talking about devices that are designed to prevent hearing loss. But then they may say, you know, I really like that I get a little bit of boost when I'm using these and they're helping right. me hear better. Then you can, you know, say, well, let's do a, a diagnostic exam and proceed on that part of the journey. Right. I'm saying let's make hearing protection cool. Let's Love let it. it do some cool things, which we will talk about, I'm sure. But a really encouraging and exciting thing for audiologists who largely are feeling a lot of uncertainty with the status of where we are in our field and things coming mm -hmm. down the pipeline. I am seeing that when the when the people that are in their 40s, 50s, and they're noticing some loss and they want to stabilize that hearing where it is using protection, the, they may already have some hearing loss but they are very adamant that their children be protected, whether they're in a marching yeah. band, whether they're in music lessons or the number of young shooters that are getting into 4-H and getting into yeah. play shooting and hunting. Yep. The, people are much more quick, less hesitant to invest in quality protection for their kids that their kids will actually use. Yeah, And so, what I envision, which is a little Pollyanna, but by the end of my career as an audiologist, I would love to be able to see that children, specifically who are involved in music and shooting sports yep. and race car driving, yep. are, are, are establishing a point of care at prevention stage and monitoring, 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 um, still counseling people. You know, we can't guarantee that when you're shooting a 180 decibel rifle that you're not going to get hearing protection just by occluding your ear canals. No, but we can give people the most realistic tools, continue doing what they enjoy and then monitor very closely so that we're on top of it. Yeah. You're putting it top of mind and they're getting into that funnel earlier. Uh, That's as right. you know, and with your background, uh, undergraduate background with speech and language pathology, that inextricable bond between speech and hearing and language mm -hmm. development and and for some mm -hmm. of those kids who might be exposed at a young age and and you know not already i mean and, and we'll talk a little right. bit about the the what we're seeing is that increase in noise induced hearing loss in children mm -hmm. even teens in this mm -hmm. country um mm -hmm. i i love your vision so now let's go into when you started doing this what was the first 
catalyst. You kind of alluded to that earlier, but you sort of said it really started as a uh, an extension of your friends and your environment and then making these house calls because they were resistant <laughs> to coming into a clinic or facility, which I think is in itself an interesting comment. But was that the catalyst then when you realized this is something that I can really add to my scope of practice that will help in meaningful ways? I started out thinking that the, the, the service delivery has got to be dif different because it's unrealistic to think that people are going to flock to our clinic doors for these services because it's hard enough to get them to flock when they're debilitated by a hearing loss. When they're not affected by a hearing loss, they're not coming. So you've got to go to where they are. And so this is how I think hearing aid practices could best market themselves with clinical outreach outside the walls of their clinic. Mm -hmm. And instead of when they're when they're doing outreach, I see it as far more, um, far better receptive by the community when they are communicating protection um, instead of just sending out flyers that, you know, we have great prices on hearing aids or a BOGO special right now. Mm -hmm. That's not getting people's attention. Yep. But when you come at it as a hearing expert yep. with education about hearing and healthy hearing yep. and hearing health care, changing that language, shifting that that the semantics of it, quite honestly, that's what reaches people. So I knew this was going to be a way for me to recruit people into our hearing aid clinic. Yep. What I what was the catalyst was when um, I I did not I grew up in a hunting family, but not a clay shooting family. Okay. And clay shooting is a whole world and culture of itself. It's yeah. a huge industry. Yeah. And there's a clay shooting facility here in in my backyard, basically where uh, we host some regional events. There was a big regional shoot where, where people were there from all over the country. And somebody said, you know what, Grace, you should go set up as a vendor out there and just see what happens. Hmm. So I set up a tent. And when I tell you, when people heard that an actual doctor of audiology mm -hmm. was there talking to people about their hearing and educating people, oh, and by the way, she'll also mold you for some good products. Mm -hmm. In that order, that yeah. priority is very yeah. important. Yeah. Um, people were lined up, lined up. I came home blissfully exhausted <laughs> with boxes of ear mold impressions. Yeah. And and I thought, oh, my word, this is incredible. Well, what did those people do? They went back to where they live and their home clubs and they started telling people. And I started getting requests from all over the country. And so the next couple of years were spent. I've, I have traveled a lot yeah. um, to fit groups, to set up at shooting events, and I had no idea how well received it was going to be. Um, it, and just educating people. And then when you when you're operating from that point of I truly care about your hearing and this is a passion for me, the sales come, the sales just come. Yep. And because I've been purely focused on protection with this practice, mm -hmm. uh, I am making referrals left and right every day to other practices to focus on hearing aids mm -hmm. because I had no idea that hearing protection was going to be um, such an untapped market that it was going to take not only my full time, but now our whole team of people that have been hired their full time, just managing protection and then getting people referred to quality clinics for the hearing aid part. Wow. I'm, and, and people have asked, well, Grace, you could be making a fortune in hearing aids. But with the way this business has positioned itself, 
I would, I, and I personally think that everyone needs a local point of care for the mm -hmm. hearing aid portion. Agreed. Agreed. I can do lots of great telehealth type follow-ups on protection. Mm -hmm. We can troubleshoot. I can even check fit visually. Sure. But for, for hearing, I did hearing aids long enough in clinic. Mm -hmm. That is a personal relationship. Yep. And so I'm committed to, I mean, sure, I, it's it's sacrificing that whole vertical of, as a business person. But if I'm really in this for the good of the patient, I am going to vet all the clinics in that area. And I'm going to say, this is where I would send my sister or my dad in that's, your town that's fantastic. and then we send them there and 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 then they've got their local point of care for the hearing aids and then we continue follow up and follow up with people to make sure that they have all the protection they need wow that is awesome so um so you know you broke one of the barriers i think in terms mm -hmm. of um one of the one of the things that i've seen in in my background as an audiologist and, and i worked about 15 years at mayo clinic in rochester minnesota I learned a lot about the business of dispensing hearing aids. I had great mentors in Daryl Rose and Wayne Olson and Chris Bauck and Martin Robinette. And, um, but I learned a lot about the business of dispensing hearing aids from Bud Freeman. And he was mm -hmm. a dispenser who had an affiliation with Mayo but wasn't a Mayo employee. But he would have frequent um, you know, he, he would go to events and he would go to senior centers. And now it was a hearing aid practice. But what it taught me was just what you articulated at the beginning of this, that so many times for people, uh, they don't want to go into a clinic for this type of a process. But if you come to them, they'll wait in line. If you build it, they will come. Uh, they mm -hmm. said, you know, in, uh, in Shoeless Joe, and you mm -hmm. have built this uh, practice that um, now can keep you and, and all of the people in your practice busy full time right. without, um, uh, you know, now now a lot of people doing hearing aids may wish, you know, that they're, they're always worried about the threats of different things. But this, to me, is a prime example of the way that you can serve the needs of the patient, go meet the patient where they are, mm -hmm. and provide a service that could prevent hearing loss before it occurs. So mm -hmm. when you go to these uh, events, let's mm -hmm. let's go back to the the one with the clay shooter. Um, sure. And um, so when you're making impressions, and you're mm -hmm. they're automatically going to come. In. Will you ever make impressions for somebody and refer them elsewhere at something like that? If there is, the, oh, absolutely, absolutely. And honestly, I, again, I mean, I just I firmly believe that if you continue doing the next right thing, success will follow. Yeah. I've had people who have um, custom hearing protection and they need to get remolded. They didn't buy it from me, but they'll come up and they'll say, you know, the company told me I just need to send them new ear mold impressions. And mm -hmm. I say, sure, mm -hmm. I'll do that for you. And Here, then do you, you do you Take establish it. a charge for that? A lot of practitioners are going to say, well, how do you how do you make money off of this? And you can say, mm -hmm. follow mm -hmm. your passion and the rest will fall into play. But for someone coming into this, there's got to be a margin. There's got to be a margin. So how do you how yep. do you structure that to the degree that you're comfortable talking about it? Sure. No, absolutely. We have a um, it's all listed on my website okay. and it's all subject to change at any time. And what is that I website? Podcast what is that website? 
otoprotechnologies.com o-t-o-p-r-o technologies.com great um and because it does change from time to time sure. but we have uh, not only the margin built into the product sale but we also charge a professional services fee in addition to the shipping great and so depending on the situation um sometimes i'll be set up at a charity event for example Here, here's here's a great example um I was at a big shoot with 200 shooters in Peoria, Illinois last week, and I was offering complimentary, complimentary ear mold impressions. And when you got your ear mold impressions made, you you entered, you gave me all your data, your customer data, because data is the new gold, yep. right, Dave? Yeah, it is. And um, and and once you do that, your name was entered to win a gift card. Okay. for hearing protection that was drawn. Got it. So all those people got complimentary ear mold impressions. Mm -hmm. And then this week, our OtoPro team is calling every individual person to talk about what they might need hearing protection for, which product, which whatever might work best for them. And then we can do the whole process because we have those impressions. So that's just one example of how it can work. Um, but then other times, if people just want to wait and have me take the impressions or have whoever we're sending them to take the impressions, we will just charge a service fee for that and hold on to it. And then when they place the order, they'll just pay for product and shipping. Perfect. There's lots of different ways you yeah. can do it. Yeah. Because we have so many people across the US, now Canada, Australia, mm -hmm. that are coming to our website and checking out, mm -hmm. uh, when they indicate that they need a referral, which we love, we mm -hmm. put them into these mm -hmm. audiology practices and those practices set their own pricing. So, and they are, uh, there is a wide range. I mean, as you can imagine, if you're in Los Angeles, you're going to expect to pay a bit more for that sure. appointment than you are if you live in Jackson, Mississippi. Yeah. So, um, OtoPro is not, you know, we're, we, we are all about supporting each other as audiologists. Yeah. I firmly believe there's room at the table for all of us. There's plenty of work to be done. And if we support each other, we're going to be able to move the needle. If we get into that scarcity mindset, we're not. Nobody's going to go anywhere. Ooh. So when we refer people to these practices, they can charge whatever they want sure. for the service of molding their ears. And I encourage them, get them in for a hearing test and a consultation while they're there. Mm -hmm. Capitalize on this is a this is your referral of someone who's seeking quality hearing protection. And if they're not already, they will be a hearing aid candidate in the future. Yeah, for sure. And I love the way you've you've looked to see you know where there wasn't uh, there was a need in the market. There was no mm -hmm. one filling that role. You ran boldly into it, designed what works for you in your market. I love that it, it, you know, as you carefully articulated the order when you went to the to the first event, you know, you're you're a doctor of audiology who is then focused on the other cascading events. But first and foremost, the doctor of audiology focused on the patient and the needs of the mm -hmm. patient are the only needs that matter. Um, right. you know, and education first and education. And, yeah. Before yep. you start worrying about uh, how am I going to monetize this? And so, right. Uh, and the and, education piece builds the trust. Right. Right. And once you've established that, um, I'm, I'm just not a pushy salesperson and I don't think there's any need to be right. because once you establish trust and they know that, you know, if they've got something weird happening with their ear, who are they going to, they're going to call, gonna call you. you. Yeah. They're going to call you and they're going to ask you where to go. Yeah. Um, and so it's, I just couldn't speak more um, emphatically about the, the, the necessity of being an expert on whatever topic you're going out and reaching. So whether it's hearing yeah. protection, yeah. whether it's like, I love what Madison Levine is doing yeah. in Charlotte, North Carolina with yep. balance right yep. now. I mean, in addition to her incredible hearing aid practice, she's right. 
the outreach and establishing herself as the expert source in her area for this specialty. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, heck yeah. If somebody called me in the Charlotte area, I know exactly where I'm sending them. Yep. You know, and, and I couldn't, I, I want to support her. I cheer for her. Um, and that if, because that's what we all need to be doing. Um, you, there's a lot of responsibility and work that goes into, um, being a professional, like an audiologist, Yeah. because we have, um, we, we are really bound ethically to remain, to continue learning right. and to continue being an expert. Um, so you can't rest on your laurels of, oh, well, this is just how we've been doing it forever. Um, you've really got to stay challenged because if you want to establish that trust, you've got to truly be the expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's the, the hard part. No greater burden than a great responsibility to continue learning right. and continue to maintain that expert status. And I think that means that you have to be aware of the products that are out there, the services, mm-hmm. the types of technologies available. Um, mm-hmm. What percentage would you say, you, you, you've highlighted the ear mold impression part of this process uh, several times, what percentage mm-hmm. of the form factors are custom versus stock, sort of the triple flange or something like that? And how do you differentiate that beyond just the price point? Until June, so Odo Pro was started in fall of 2018 didn't really get ramped up until later on in 2020, honestly, when the Phantom came out. Thanks for that. Mm -hmm. And um, it was not until June of 2022, just a few months ago, that I dispensed anything that was non-custom. Okay. Everything up until that point was custom. I'm just a firm believer that, and I tell people all the time, the most important aspect to any hearing protector is the fit. Yeah. We've got to make sure it fits you appro- appropriately. Especially for these types of products. Yeah. Right. There's got to be a complete acoustic seal. And so we've, we've got to make sure there's no air leakage yeah. and that it's not wiggling its way out. Yep. Um, up until June, if we couldn't do custom, I was meticulously teaching people how to wear foam earplugs correctly. Yeah. Which yeah. is yeah. Hard. an art. Hard. And yeah. not many ears can do it. Right. Um, because they just don't stay put and then you're just setting yourself up for damage. So, um, I had some exposure with, uh, a guy named Steven Ranella. He's he's out of Bozeman, Montana. He's an ultimate outdoorsman. Um, he has the meat eater show on Netflix, Mm. cult following podcast books, the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. when I was introduced to him and his team, we spent a long time talking and he said, you know, if we're going to have you on the podcast, this this was something that I would say has been a, a realization of mine. I wish I had done sooner. Um, he said, you know, if we're going to have you on the podcast, so much of our listenership is just never going to pay more than $100 for a set of earplugs. It's right. not in the cards for them. Right. You know, these are people that are out hunting public land. You know, they're, it's, it's not you know, you've got to have something that's more accessible financially for people. And so that's when I started doing um, a triple flanged filtered product. Yeah. And um, I'm so thankful that I did for a couple of reasons. I'm still educating people that if you start with that non-custom product, let's make sure you're in the appropriate ear tip size. Mm -hmm. We have four different sizes to choose from. Mm -hmm. And then when the time is right, we are still encouraging you to get the custom piece built. Right. 
And so what we're doing is we, we're doing the non-custom product. And then at any time people can go to the website and just purchase the custom sleeve and move that high end filter from the non-custom to the custom so that it's an upgrade. And then all in, they've only paid as much as what they would have if they had done the custom version to begin with. Again, so a great people, a great way to get them in and get them thinking about it and then migrate into that higher end. Exactly. What I didn't consider about that is that now that we have that, when I go set up at a, at a shoot, that's something that people can purchase and wear that day yeah. and wear for the next two, three weeks while sure. they're waiting on their custom product. Good in. idea. And then they so haven't spent in total any more than what they would have mm -hmm. if they just went on on that high end. You get them in early, get them hooked on the product. Precisely. And so that um, that's something I'm really thankful to. I mean, not only was the meat eater exposure just incredible for for the um, building awareness about hearing yeah. protection, but uh, that bringing that product into the marketplace um, has been a fantastic tool that has allowed us to reach significantly more people. Well, I love that you've got those different solutions for different budgets, for different needs. Um, but mm -hmm. also, I love your commitment to making ear mold impressions and making them properly. Yeah. I mean, I think an entire generation of audiologists with the ease of fitting of Ricks with a dome tip um, have forgotten the art and science <laughs> of making effective ear mold impressions. And particularly for what you're doing, that is critical. You'd also be surprised. This was a shock to me, especially in the clay shooting world. There are, there are, and this may come as a shock to some people, the audiologists listening to this podcast. There are people who set up as vendors at these events and they've never, ever been taught anything about the ear. And they are shooting impression material into people's ears without looking in the ear first. Oh, goodness. Yeah. They're just jamming impression material in it. Can you imagine? No, no, and, it's terrifying. There's, there's, it's terrifying. I, I was at the Greater Houston Sports Club um, a couple months ago, and there was a guy who said, "Oh, you know, I've had so and so mold my ears so many times," and um, you know, he also sells like shooting glasses and all these accessories. And oh, by the way, I'll shoot some goo in your ears, and we'll make some custom plugs. <laughs> and so um, I said, "Well, how about you give me a shot at this? Let's yeah. see." Yeah. And I look in his ears. He was so impacted with wax, oh, oh. And, and and I I I had him set up with drops, and yeah. he went. I sent him, I sent him to go lie down on each side like this with drops <laughs> yep. setting up, you know, yep. both sides. And then I'm trying to scoop it out with my curette, and I'm like, look, I'm so sorry, but this is going to be a little bit of a process. A process. For yeah, you. I'm going to refer you to an ENT in Houston that can get this professionally cleaned out, but please do not let anybody. Just poke anything in your ears no. until this is taken care of. No, making adding insult to injury on this. That's right. Literally. So um, there are other people out there trying to reach this population yeah. who who should not be. No. This and is where audiologists need to be. This is our and scope of practice, and this is it fits, it differentiates you. You've established such a differentiation in this space, right? using your expertise, serving the needs of individuals who are at risk of hearing. I mean, there's so many, I could go on and on and on with how many ways you've you've just um, blown this out of the water. It's great. Well, thank you. I, I honestly, I can't take a whole lot of credit. I, I, I honestly feel like I've been very short-sighted along the way. I mean, if I had had any idea that this was what this could become, First of all, I probably would have talked myself out of it because it would have sounded so ridiculous at the time. Yeah, yeah. But 
it's truly been, I mean, like I say, it, it's not that I had some genius vision back yeah. in 2018. It's just been a continual process of these baby steps and then pivoting toward what works. And there we go. That's it. I mean, I'm, I'm at the point now where um, finally I'm, I'm a believer enough in my own business where there's there's strategy that's happening and, and there's lots of, of growth that's more strategic at this point. Mm -hmm. But it took me a long time, even myself, to believe that this could boom the way it is. Well. And and there's plenty and and I and I don't say this to tout my own to tout my own business. I say this to encourage audiologists and practice owners that there is room at the table. There is work to be done. And um from a consumer protection standpoint for those examples I just gave, yeah. I mean this is our responsibility. Yep. Audiologists can and should be the gatekeepers to hearing healthcare. And to be the gatekeeper, you've got to get out in front of it and reach people, try to reach people before the problem starts. Instead of letting these unqualified people or the, uh, like, I'm not going to name brands, but you know, the the brands that sell headphones and, and earphones and all that. Somehow people are, are investing in that instead of being guided through those decisions with an audiologist. And we've, we've got to shift our focus. It's a, It's been a laudable ma mantra that we've had throughout mm -hmm. my career thus far that we need to diagnose and treat early, yep. diagnose and treat early. But I think it is time we know too much. Yeah. We've, we've, got to, we've got to go beyond that. We've got to go beyond that. I, um, uh, you know, the time has just flown by and, uh, you know, we have to have you back on the program to talk more. There's a lot more I want to talk about, about the different types of individuals and the type of noise that they're exposed to. But we're going to have to save that for a different day, because, as I said, you've provided so much information in a short amount of time. Um, I think in the interest of Protect Your Hearing Month, let me uh, ask a final question and say, as somebody focused on protecting hearing loss before it occurs, what are some of your favorite sounds? that you want to protect. Oh, and favorite sounds. I have three little girls mm -hmm. and um, right now, two of them are auditioning for the sound of music oh. in our local theater. And I could, we have been acting out the sound of music with so long farewell <laughs> on our staircase since they could talk. I love and it. And so right now that is the most joyful sound is hearing them sing like do re mi and so long for oh, yeah. from the sound of music. Oh, I can, That's I can. Delightful. And now I'm not going to be able to get that out of my head for the rest of the day. So thank you very much for that. And <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and thank you so much for spending time today on the podcast and uh, and give your um, website one more time for uh, for our, our, our listeners so that they can go there and get additional information. Thank you, otoprotechnologies.com. O T O P R O Technologies.com. Thank you. And uh, and again, I would point you to Starkey's website or Soundgear's website. Uh, we'll, we'll, like I said, I, I definitely want to get you back on the, on the podcast to talk more about some of the technology that we didn't have time for today. But thank you for the wealth of information. I, and, and I applaud you for your passion and, and, and driving after your passion. And it's so great to have seen you and, and spent the time with you here today. If you enjoyed this podcast on Soundbites, um, please like us on your favorite platform. Uh, so hit subscribe if you don't want to miss a single episode like this one. And uh, and uh, Dr. Grace Sturdivant, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Dave. It's an honor. <laughs>